Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Offences will come. Look at Luke 17, verse 1 in the King James Version, New King James. Then he said to the disciples, It is impossible that no offences should come, but woe to him who through, through whom they do come. And in the New Living Translation, it says something similar. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, there will always be temptations to sin. But what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? Isn't it interesting that offences are linked to temptations to sin? And that word that's translated offences in one version and temptations to sin in another one is scandalon. Guess what word we get from that? Scandal. And it literally means to be trapped or snared, causing someone to stumble. And so an offence is something that traps us and causes us to stumble. And uh, we pray in the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation, but lead us away from temptation. Do not let the evil one get us. Because te- uh, offences are things that cause us, uh, attempt us to, that tempt us to sin. Jesus said, lead us not into getting offended, is one aspect of that. So offences will come. You might get offended before you leave the car park of the church. You possibly are already offended by something that has happened today. This shirt is probably very offensive to some people. I'm actually going to hypnotise some people. You're feeling sleepy. Wake up, Pete. There might be some lovely Christian who's been worshipping just a, a few seats away from you today and, and they accidentally drive too close to your car and nearly hit your car on the way out of the car park and suddenly they're not a sweet, innocent Christian lady anymore because you think you saw them smiling. You think you saw her smiling as she drove past, nearly missed your car, and so now you're offended. Are you aware of what offends you? The devil is always trying to get us offended because it's a trap. At the very least, we just get bothered. We lose our peace, and the devil is always trying to steal our peace and our joy and our love. And getting offended does that. It bothers us, upsets us. It knocks us off kilter. And we find that there are some things that offend us easily, some things that we have a longer fuse for, but we can get offended. Melanie offends me every day. Or I'm tempted to be offended by Melanie every day. She's tempted to be offended by me twice a day. Here's just a short list I can compile this week of possible things I could have been offended at. (laughs) On Sunday, Sunday night last week, she reminded me to take the dog out for a final wee before he went to sleep. I've been doing that for six months. I don't need the reminder. (laughs) On Monday, she rejected my offer to make coffee in the morning. On Tuesday at the prayer meeting, she rejected my Spotify playlist. (laughs) On Wednesday, she looked at me in a funny way. Thursday, she made my coffee in the morning a few minutes too early for me. I wasn't ready. On Friday, I got offended because 
She was annoyed that I'd been at Bunnings a bit longer than expected. (coughs) Didn't someone preach about expectations last week? Fortunately, I gave all of those things to the Lord. What is offence? It just, it's not just that instant feeling of hurt when someone speaks a bit rudely to you. It's holding on to that feeling and now you've got it and now you're carrying a fence. Can you imagine me with a fence, like a backyard fence? I'm carrying that around. People say, what are you carrying that for? I just really like carrying this. And that's what people do with a fence. They just carry it. They'd rather have it. I'd rather keep carrying that fence around. Occasionally, people in our church get offended when we talk about money. What offends you? I'm offended there's no water here because I keep coughing. No one cares. No one cares about poor little victim me. (laughs) Who's good at being a victim? Anyone? We're full of victims in this society at the moment. When we talk about money, we always get some, of people, some people's nose out of joints because money can be an idol and so it can be a sensitive issue. Jesus offended people about money. He talked about money a lot. Judas was one of Jesus' closest friends. Thanks for that water. It's awesome. I'm not offended. I'm not holding on to it. I've let it go. I've let it go. That's great. Because I am full of patience. It's one of the fruit of the spirit thank you brother and the lid is now off sorry people online wherever you are there you are Um, Judas was offended about money he thought that a woman coming in and pouring very expensive perfume on Jesus feet was a complete waste of money what are you doing he thought Jesus should tell her to stop and Jesus didn't and Judas felt like he was right and Jesus was wrong. He thought he knew more than Jesus. He got offended at the most perfect human who's ever lived. He stopped respecting Jesus. Oh, that's stupid. That's stupid. We can have that in our heart. People have that for their boss sometimes because the boss is not the perfect human that they thought they were or that they think they are and get offended and carry that with you. Judas got trapped and then he got, that trap was tempting him to sin. And that opens up the way for that ultimate act of betrayal. So he didn't feel bad about doing that because I know better than him. The ability of the human heart to carry offence is amazing. What do you think is a waste of money? Do you get offended when we talk about money at church? Do you get offended when we spend money on the building, on nice things, on staff? There are a number of people in the Bible who are offended. There are lots of people in the Bible who are offended because offense is one of the main things that God says, I want you to deal with that. We, we, we think, oh, we're helping a little lady across the street. That's what God wants me to do. Yes, but he also wants you not to be offended when she doesn't thank you. Saul was offended that people were saying that David killed more enemies than he did. Haman, Haman, 
Amen. Was offended that Mordecai wouldn't bow down to him. The Babylonian king's assistants were offended that Daniel was given more honor than they were. An Egyptian married woman was offended that Joseph rejected her advances and the list goes on and on and on. And all of those led to a temptation to sin because offence traps you. So you've just constantly got to look at yourself and saying, is anything offending me at the moment? Am I carrying offence? Look at this one right near the beginning of time. The first murder recorded was born upon the back of one brother, Cain, getting offended at God the way he treated his sacrifice compared to how he treated his brother's sacrifice. And he got offended. And he carried that offence around and he targeted his brother as a result. He's getting more and more upset about it. His stupid brother, he doesn't know more than me. He doesn't, his thing wasn't better than mine. I'm the one who did the thing first. I'm the older brother. God said to him, he warned him, he said, why are you angry? And he says the same thing to us. Why are you angry? Let it go. And why has your countenance, this is Genesis 4, verse 6 and 7. There you go. People on track. It's awesome. If you do well, will you not be accepted? You know, like, if you look, focus on yourself instead of focusing your anger on someone else. If you do not do well, sin lies at the door. Why? Because you're trapped and you're tempted to sin because of that offence. And you're going to sin unless you deal with it. Its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. And God's plan has always been that we'd be able to rule over our temptations. And to do that, we need to rule over what is offending to us, what is offensive to us, and be aware of our offensive responses. Because the devil just can play a game with, with, with us at the time. There's, all of us have got buttons on us and it's so easy for someone to press that button and we get offended. And the, de- and the demons can say to each other, hey, watch this. Watch what happens when anyone mentions his hairdo. Watch what happens when anyone mentions her cooking. We live in a culture that's made an art form out of being offended. It's like the worst thing you can do is offend somebody. Police in England have arrested people for saying or posting things that others find offensive. Schools are more worried about offence than they are about mathematics, it seems. Melanie talked about expectations last Sunday, a powerful message that if you haven't heard it, you need to hear it. Please don't be offended that I say that. And some of us need to hear it every year. Please don't be offended that I say that. But talk about expectations. Somewhere along the line, people have in our culture have got this idea that they, don't, they shouldn't have to be offended about anything. They should be able to go through life without anybody saying anything offensive. Should be able to go through life without anybody offending them. Should be able to go through life without any incidents on the road that upset them. Should be able to go through life happy all the time. Talk about expectations. You're just waiting to be upset. Waiting to be disappointed. And when they do, they do a tweet about it or an email about it or some sort of posting about it or yell at somebody. 
I know somebody who went on a holiday with some friends but felt like he'd hardly could say anything without being accused of being white privileged or, or uh, white privilegedist or male chauvinist or racist or some other ist. It's like the new religion is the Ten Commandments of ist. You are assaulting the ist. It's like being, living in Iran where you have these religious police in their black outfits and a cane just walking around trying, waiting to whack somebody if a woman is showing a little bit of ankle whack hit her and you sir you were looking at that woman whack how easily offended are you how quick are you to see an offense grab it hold on to it now i've got it i've got them Are you someone who is gracious and is hard to offend? Who is who's uh, got a long fuse and has got plenty of grace for people? Or are you just a walking balloon of petrol waiting for that match? Kaboom. There are so many wonderful opportunities to be offended, aren't there? It might just be a, a simple question that someone says. Like, can you pass the salt and pepper, please? Oh, are you saying that I'm a bad cook? Hey, would you like to come for a walk with me? Are you saying I need the exercise? Hey, why don't you try, try, why don't you try on the large, the next size up? You're saying I'm fat. Someone's tone of voice. Uh, now, in a marriage, this is very sensitive issue because uh, Melanie has lots of different tones. Men only have about four tones. Uh, gruff, uh, obnoxious, loud and uh, semi-professional like what I am now. Whereas women have about 200 potential tones ranging from the wide range of happy tones like the voice, the fake happy when they pick up the phone in the middle of an argument if you didn't hello melanie here yeah how are you never do that that's not this melanie it's another melanie <laughs> total lie that's true thank you and thank you for, don't, for not doing that there's a whole bunch of sad tones there's the fake uh, happy tone for that gift at Christmas that is not, you know, really. Oh, that, isn't that interesting? And so the job of a husband is to work out what that tone is. And it can be very nerve-wracking. So you, I just basically put Melanie's tones into either the good pile or the Houston we have a problem pile. And I'm not always correct because I've learned over 36 years that there's lots of reasons for the Houston pile that have nothing to do with me. Things like, she's not feeling well, she's tired, she's missing grandchildren, high heels hurt her during church or whatever. But occasionally, believe it or not, I have forgotten to do something that I promised to do. And so that same tone can be linked back to that and that's part of the job in a relationship isn't it brother 
All the men said, Amen. Just being real here, there's lots of ways we can get offended, so many exciting ways. And I can get offended when at, at that tone and I have no right to be offended. And even if, even if it's warranted, even if I'm warranted, it's not my job to hold on to that offence. That's the point. And there are lots of other ways we can be offended. I used to get offended the way my children spoke to me at times when they're teenagers. That's the wrong time to be offended about anything because they can talk to you with a certain tone at a certain volume and then 10 minutes later you're still shaking and upset and don't you talk to me like... And they come over and say, hey, Dad, I need 20 bucks. (laughs) And they just behave like nothing's happened. Woohoo! Everything's great. Life's good. But we can be offended. We can hold on to it. We can be offended at work. We're not giving it, given enough thanks or recognition. We can be offended when someone else gets the job we think we deserve. We can get offended when we don't get the opportunity to, to come up on stage or whatever. We can get offended when someone, as I said before, disappoints us like a boss who's not as perfect as they seemed from a distance. Oh, wow, they're actually human. We need to be prepared to be offended because Jesus said, offences will come. Don't be shocked. Don't be shocked. I remember driving in Korea. Oh, I wasn't driving. Someone else was driving. And we came to an intersection. And just from all four directions, we just all went into the middle. And there was no one yelling at anyone else. There was no beeping. It was just, okay, I'll just come over here. And they just sorted themselves out. I thought in Australia, there'd be some sort of war at some point be something happen offense is a great way to shift blame for all our internal confusion and stress and sadness onto somebody else they're at fault our experience at church is the most easily offended people usually have brokenness in their lives somewhere that hasn't been dealt with and they are projecting offense builds fences and fences separate people. Okay, what do we do about it? Well, our culture's solution is to try and make sure that nobody offends anybody at any time, which is totally impossible. Everybody stop offending everybody. All right, well, we may as well all just die because you, cannot, you can't do anything without offending somebody. Almost. And the Christian response is from the opposite angle. We just don't take offence. We forgive. And we tell ourselves things like this. We say, well, they are human and they are going to make mistakes. And I forgive that. Look at Jesus on the cross. They don't know what they're doing. Kids fall into that category. They don't know what they're doing. They're kids. You can't expect them to be adults. Or we can say, I've done the very same thing myself. And I forgave myself, so I'm going to forgive them. If we want to have peace in our lives, we need to copy the Prince of Peace. And that means going to him and handing over all our bitterness, all our disappointment, all our resentment, anger, unforgiveness and all our offences and saying, let's give them all to you, Lord. There's an opportunity for you to do that right today. And the closer you get to Jesus the more you realise that all those things, resentment, forgiveness, anger, pent-up bitterness, how useless they are 
Why do you want to hold on to those things? They're just, it's like holding on to a burning log and wondering why you're feeling a bit hot and bothered and damaged. Matthew. Matthew. Matthew 18, 21. What does that say? Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times. And we'll move on to the next verse too, if that's possible. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Oh, that's actually a different scripture. I was going to, I, I, we all know that Jesus said 70 times seven. That's how often you forgive someone. And he's kind of saying it every day. That's, that's the sort of God we have. That's, that's the one we worship is a forgiver. He's a relentless forgiver. He made a decision, I will forgive. I will forgive. Anyone who's sorry, I will forgive. Anyone who comes to me in humility and asks me for forgiveness, I'll give it. Look at this verse in Colossians 3.13 that was up there. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you remember the lord forgave you so you must forgive others god could have been offended all right another person says he doesn't believe in me that's it i'm out of here i've got moses i've got enoch i've got elijah up here that's that's enough the rest of you you have a nice life try and make your own universe but he didn't he said forgiveness is what we're going to do here I'm, I, what, what can i do to help I can forgive. What can I do? How can I do that? By taking all the anger and all the, all the wrath and all the, all the just desserts that we all have hanging over our heads. The, the judgment and the punishment. Taking all of that and putting it on Jesus' shoulders. <coughs> Sorry, I've got a tickle. Of course, sometimes we need to explain to someone because they might be too uh, self-absorbed to even notice that you've forgiven them. And we can just say privately, by the way, uh, yesterday you took credit for my idea at work in that meeting and it upset me but I've decided to just let it go. Sometimes you need to speak it. Especially if there's a pattern of behaviour, you say, well, are you aware that there's three times now that you've taken credit for my idea? And it's getting harder for me to feel like you're not deliberately trying to hurt me. You need to speak to them like that. But in your heart, you say, I'm just going to let it go. We need to get big enough that we don't take offence. We need to land the helicopter that's just waiting to be offended, that's floating over us. You do not have permission to land. Go away. I can't wait to, for someone to offend me because I can't wait to do what my Father in heaven does to me every day. I want to forgive. I want to see what it feels like to let it go. Jesus could have been offended by Judas' betrayal. He wasn't. He could have been offended by his closest friends abandoning him when he was arrested. He wasn't. 
could have been offended by the religious leaders who demanded his crucifixion. He wasn't. He could have been offended by the Roman soldiers who tortured him and nailed him to a cross. He wasn't. He could have been offended by the whole human race. He wasn't. He could be offended by you and me because we regularly don't have him at the top of our priorities. He isn't. He's a God who forgives. He's a role model. And he grants this wonderful gift to us called forgiveness. And he says, now take this forgiveness, pour it all over yourself, and go and do the same. Because you're my child. And I've got, you've got my DNA. And that's what we do in our family. We forgive. We'll let it go. We talk about it if we need to. But we'll let it go. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you forgive us so freely. It's hard to understand. It's a shock. It's too wonderful to even imagine. You shocked everybody. Devil, people, angels, everyone's shocked what you dared to do. Offering forgiveness for those who didn't deserve it. How could you, Lord? How could you be so outrageous? And yet you did, thank you, Lord. We worship you. Right now we take all those offences, those things, and if this is you, then make sure you use this as an opportunity to let things drop to the floor before you're the living God. Because our forgiveness is directly linked to how forgiven we give, how forgiveness we give to other people. Lord, we drop our offences, things that have hurt us, things that we've thought of hurt us and the things that actually have, Lord, and we just drop them at your feet. We ask you to help us have your forgiveness fill us for that person, that situation. Help us be carriers of your forgiveness in our workplaces and our families. Thank you, Lord God. If you're sitting here and you've never felt the forgiveness of God because you've never given your life to Him, then use this opportunity and pray this prayer with us as we all pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, come on, let's all pray. Dear Heavenly Father, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for sending Jesus. I'm sorry for ignoring you. I'm sorry for ignoring you. I'm sorry for offending you. Please forgive me. Thank you that Jesus on the cross paid my debt. I'm so thankful. Help me put you top of my priority list every day of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au.